Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Word down your way. Testing. Two, two. Well, welcome to another edition of Word Down Your Way. Another musician about to go out and tour and remembering the first and the best shows that they've seen and played. And it's the great Guy Garvey. Guy, lovely to see you. Thank you for having me. Lovely to see you. And you're you're in a car. What were you saying? You're outside your personal trainers? No. What is it? Is it for glowing, having done some kind of workout or what? I hit 50 next month, and I thought it was time I started doing something other than what I please. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I go and see a, a wonderful chap called Sam uh, a few times a week, and he puts me through my paces. So it's not a Mick Jagger type pre-tour routine where he, you know, goes through incredible um, levels of athletic endeavour. It's not quite that yet. We played. We opened for the Stones in Cardiff a few years ago, and yeah, he put us all to bed. We couldn't believe it. The whole crowd was tired with dancing, and Mick was still going. So no, it's it's not like that. Uh, I still, I'm still not, um, I'm still not divorced Guinness. Uh, and you know, it's, it's just I'm trying to get a little bit of balance, but the tour was definitely one of the reasons I started. Yeah, right, right. Now, can you remember the first first live show you ever went to as a child? Any kind of live show? Well, live show, it was a pantomime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it nearly uh, always fe- is <laughs> excellent. Yeah, featuring the Grumbleweeds. <laughs> oh, this is fun. David and I talk about this a lot. My, this mine was Scylla Black and Mr. Pastry. The Grumbleweeds. That's superb. <laughs> yeah, that's a, and that's a very vague memory. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. Um, the, the first rock concert I went to was actually... Um, uh, a TV event for Granada TV uh, that Tony Wilson put together um, when I was about 16 and three bands on the bill, one song each. So it wasn't a real gig. It was just a TV recording, but it was the new fads, um, the high and the charlatans. Oh, right. Wow. How old were you? Can you remember? 
about 16. It wasn't long. In fact, no, I'd have been younger than that. I must have been 14. Um, but it, I def, definitely got the bug a little bit there. Right, right, right. So it must have been thrilling being in Manchester because you were you and Berry, weren't you? And, and, and all the stuff that was going on at that time. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, there'd been Joy Division, New Order, and the Smiths would have happened when you would have been about, what? I can't work uh, it out now. 14, 12, 10, 12, 10, 13. Yeah. Um, but, um, and then the stuff that really resonated with me when I started getting into music other than the music my, my five sisters would play at home, uh, it was the Stone Roses and the Happy Mondays and that, and that era. Um, and... To be in the epicenter of, of all of that scene was was quite special, um, uh, and yeah, I, I joined the band around that time as well. But just going back to your sisters, that's really interesting. You got five elder sisters, didn't you? So yeah, that presumably brother. gave you access to all sorts of music that some of your mates would never have heard of. Did you develop a kind of sophisticated taste? Completely. So, so like Gina was soul um, and Motown and things. Uh, Karen was pop of the day, but from the sort of fun end. So she loved Elton John, um, was her favourite. Sam was punk. Uh, and my sister Becky is folk slash progressive rock uh, and experimental and out there stuff. Wow, um, so all bases covered. Yeah, yeah. And all what? arguing over the same hi-fi. <laughs> Fantastic. So you were the first male child. So you, you were number six, is that right? That's right, yeah. Do you get spoiled terribly? Yes. I mean, luckily, I got a brother very quickly on my heels, two years younger than me. So we, we shared the, the fiefdom between us. But, yeah, spoiled rotten. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you – can you remember the first time you went on stage yourself with the band? <clears throat> Discounting being an altar boy, uh, I think that was my first stage. You know, something had to break the monotony of Sunday's church, you know. Um the first time I went on stage with the band is the band I'm in. Yeah. What were you called? We called Mr. Soft, weren't you? Is that right? That's right. After the Steve Harley Cockney Rebel song. So was Cockney Rebel a, a big thing for you then? No, it, it was at the time it was used for the Soft Mints advert. Yes, oh, it was. Yes, it was. of course. And, and, uh, and Mark from the band, who invited me to join, um, did a very good impression of this wobbly walk from the advert. So... <laughs> <laughs> that's where we got the name yeah so you've when you've looked around on stage over the years you've been looking at the same people yeah with uh, with the exception of our drummer our, our original drummer richard juck uh left after 25 years so you, you know <laughs> you can hardly call him a flyby night uh and yeah and, and these days alex reeves is our drummer um, but uh, yeah, aside from that, it's me, the Potter Brothers, and Pete Turner. Yeah, does that, for what, for that 30, must make a difference? Years. I, I suppose it's very difficult to kind of you've never experienced the the, the um, opposite. But you know, they all say George Harrison found it terrifying going on stage at concert for Bangladesh because he wasn't looking over and seeing John Lennon and Paul McCartney because that's what well, you're used to. <clears throat> it is very very strange. I, I've done shows with other artists. I used to regularly. Walk on with I Am Clute. Um, I've done a show with 808 State when I co-wrote a song with them and various other things down the years. Um, I, I, I always feel like, is that it? You know, <laughs> walking on and, you know, doing a kind of Jules Holland, Lionel Blair kind of, hi, <laughs> bye, you know. <laughs> I, I'm always like, oh, can't really get my teeth into that. 
Right. Um, but it's a wonderful thing to look at the same blokes. I mean, we've said it over and over again. I think the secret to us staying together is obviously we love exploring music together. Um, and also uh, we find sleep deprivation extremely funny. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's really lucky, you know, that all of us do. Um, and actually, as we hit middle age, they're all their loveliest, gentlest selves, you know. They've all sort of settled into a, their loveliest sort of selves, which doesn't always happen, does it? Some some blokes approaching 50 get really grousy it, and grumpy. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. We were, yeah Sid, but, we were talking to Sid Griffin, I think. It was in the Long Riders, God knows how long ago, 40 years ago or whatever. And they're reformed recently, been on tour, you know. And it's like a second lease of life in their... Late yeah. 60s and 70s or whatever. Yeah. There are, they kind of get, and also they're escaping from home responsibilities and so forth. Yeah. There's, there's a little bit of last of the summer wine about oh, it. Oh, they've obviously gone back to being teenagers when they're together, aren't they? Very exciting. Yeah. Can you remember, by the way, can you remember with Mr. Soft, can you remember the kind of things, did you do any cover versions or anything in the early days? Oh, yeah. So, so when I left school, just before meeting the band, um, I wanted to be in a Santana covers band. Uh, not playing the guitar, I'm not sure why. <laughs> I, I, I just loved their music. Um, I wanted to be in a band that could cover Santana, and we did. Uh, I'm we surprised do, by that. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it was because the early Santana, you know, be, before it sort of got too slick in the 80s, like Abraxas and that era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. oh, they're and, great records. And, and it's every every player in the band is amazing in their own right. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what it is. They're, they're musicians, musicians. So I, I Mark had a, a, a Gibson SG on account of Carlos's first guitar and, of course, Angus Young because he's a DC fan. Um, but, yeah, we used to watch the Woodstock footage of Santana over and over again. And, you know... When none of them's over the age of 22, isn't that right? They're all, all six of them are under 22. It's amazing. Yeah, I think maybe that was part of it as well, you know. And, and we knew that, the, you know, all the all the stories of them coming up on Mescal or Acid or whatever they were on. Um, but it's like, yeah, you could pinpoint the member of the band you wanted to be. You know, Pete Turner wanted to be David Brown, Rick Jupp wanted to be Mickey Shreve, you know, and Mark wanted to be Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So, so we, also, we also covered, very early doors, we covered a U2 song, Running to Standstill. All oh, um, right, and then we did a really weird one. Did you remember those compilation horror films with Peter Cushing quite often? Like, um, where you've got four stories within yes, one movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Well, there was one called Doctor Terror's House of Horror, where Roy Castle steals <laughs> a voodoo tune while on holiday, and come back comes back and re and reappropriates this voodoo ritual tune with with his band in a, in a jazz club. And it's so cool. It's, it, the, the, the version they do of this tune is really cool. And then a great, a great wind blows everybody away. And, of course, the terrible, unimaginable, terrible ending, the fate of Roy Castle, is that there's a black man in his wardrobe. You know, this, this is how the thing finishes. Very, very of its era. Some very old <laughs> politics going on. Um, but this tune, this, this tune that they steal... We reappropriated it and gave it a Latin swing uh, and called it King Castle. Oh, uh, that's good. brilliant. That, that, that was a really early instrumental that we loved. That's right. fantastic. So what are the plans for this tour? What's this one all about? 
This this album's uh, it's the first time that Al Reeves, our drummer, has been in, in the writing process from the beginning. I mean, uh, Craig uh, always wrote beats with Jupp in the past with our old drummer, um, and for the past three albums, he's done the same thing again with Al, or we, or we all have actually. But then this time, Al's been on the ground floor, so it's been very much a band in a room cranking out these odd little jams and then fleshing them into songs, which is, of course, the way that we started. That's how, how we used to do it. And then as the years have gone by, and I think probably we owe our longevity to this as well, uh, we've, we've chopped up the way we work. We've worked in twos and threes, or we've decided to have different days off, so there's different dynamics. Uh, we've been very conscious of not repeating a process uh, for years, actually, to, to keep the whole thing fresh and to keep the music moving. Um, and then, so yeah, this, the energy that Al brings, not just with his playing, but with his personality, because you can imagine after 30 odd years, you forget to tell each other stuff that you need to hear. Uh, and, and, you know, and Al, Al will perhaps encourage somebody who's less, you know, uh, less forthcoming with his ideas and I'll, I'll clock him doing it and think, I forget to do that. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. He, he brings a freshness to the dynamic uh, and an enthusiasm to the whole thing, which is, uh, and, and also this time, Craig, who, who our keyboardist Craig Potter produces all of our records and has done for, for the past nine albums. Um, and he, uh, he brought up the word fun. Uh, and he, he, he gave me a piece of music I really didn't understand. I was like, uh, where's this coming from? Where do you want it to go? Uh, and he said, I just thought it was fun. And I looked around the room and everybody was kind of looking at each other like, oh, fun, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I remember fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember fun, yeah. So um, the tour is going to probably reflect that as well. It's, it's, it's a dark album. It's got some dark humour in it. Um, what are you most pleased with about it? Um, I think it's, it's got like, it feels from the hip. A lot of our music is very, very considered and very hewn and very worked and very architectural in its feel um, or super, super subtle. Our, our last record was so incredibly subtle. Uh, it's actually the one we're all proudest of, uh, but it came and it went because of the bottleneck after COVID. We couldn't get column inches. We couldn't get radio play. So now it's, it's this very lovely lost thing uh, called Flying Dream One. Uh, and this was necessarily a pendulum swing to the other side. Um, so it's, yeah, it's fun. It's got, as I say, it's from the hip. It's got some swagger to it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to places lyrically I've, I've perhaps not been before. So how do you approach when you're planning a tour nowadays and you, you've got loads of tunes that people want to hear from the past, but also you want to play your new record. Do you have a kind of scientific way of working that out? About, you know, do you, do you start with familiar things or do you start with unfamiliar things? Or how do you do that? We normally look at a, a random old set list uh, and then we look at the last set list we did and then we choose which songs we, were, we want to be able to play from the new record uh, and all of them have how long the songs are written after them. Um, and then Mark Potter is the king of the list. Pot goes in heavy. He'll spend a long time drinking whiskey in his little bar that he's built in his house uh, and trying different combinations of songs. And then he'll present us with what he thinks is the best set list. 
And then you kind of quibble. There's always some songs that, you know, I want to play and other people don't and, and vice versa. Uh, and then the horse trading begins. Right. Uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't, it used to, it used to be volcanic. It used to be really fierce. Um, but these days there's, there's like, it's quite amusing. It's kind of like, okay, well, we'll do that on the Wednesday if you give me that on the Friday. Oh, I see. Oh, okay, that's good. So if you're doing new stuff, do you find it best to do, do them together or to sprinkle them? This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, to be honest, it was a consideration in writing the album to make these songs a bit punchier so that you could throw a few more than normal in a set without, you know, confronting people with too much stuff they didn't know. Because the danger is if you announce you're doing a couple of new ones, people think, a couple? I've got time to go and get a drink and make a telephone call. So uh, Exactly. <laughs> it does, it does, it, the Stones always say, no. but Mick Jagger yeah. you know, Keith's going to do a couple now. They'd just be an exodus, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it happen, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think probably the best thing to do with new material is not announce it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I, I, I think we're pushing for four new ones in a set of 18 songs. Right, okay, well, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, that's I, not I, asking you know, too much no, of anybody, it is it? No. No, totally. It's not like Neil Young doing the whole of, what did he, was that record, Greenville or whatever? He played the whole thing, didn't he, Mark, when you went to that? The that entire been... album, an entire <laughs> album that no one had heard and no told, <laughs> with a special, yeah. a special thing that you weren't allowed to go to the bar. The bar wasn't allowed to serve drinks during that to make sure people stayed in their seats. <laughs> that's the wrong way to do that's it. That's the wrong way. That is totally the wrong way to do it. I've been to shows like... I went to see, um, uh, oh, what's, what's his name? He goes out under smog, uh, Bill Callahan. Right. Yeah. Um, Bill Callahan played the whole of A River Ain't Too Much to Love in a little basement venue called The Roadhouse in Manchester um, and told everyone he was going to do it. 
and played it start to finish and then did the hits. And, and like, at the time I was like, Jesus, man, come on. Uh, but I have to say, now that I love that record so much, it's my favourite that he's done. Right. I'm actually, I'm quite glad that I saw it in full. Yeah, 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 yeah. no, sure. And so we great... must ask you, best, best, greatest show you've ever seen? I mean, immortal moment. McCartney at Glastonbury was pretty good. Oh, uh, wow. The, the first time he did it, um, it was pretty amazing, pretty amazing. Uh, and I think also it was because by then he'd become this sort of partridge-esque figure in British culture, you know, um, and, and he was known for kind of gently putting his foot in it every now and again. And and so I, I think the weight of expectation wasn't there. And then when he came on, it's just the song spoke. Everybody knew this, every word. This is the and, and of course, and, and also it was really generous. And it, yeah. And also, it was totally live for the nerds among us. You know, there was no trickery. It was an amazing live band, and it was mixed beautifully. And then he said at one point, um, the BBC cameras have gone off now, so this is just for us. And he went into Live and Let Die with fireworks. Oh, so oh he, fantastic. He, he really captured the yeah, crowd. Yeah. And, and he played song after song after song. And it was it was almost like, Everybody who was there would say the same thing. That was just unbelievable. Yeah, it's brilliant to be in that position, isn't it? You do twenty huge hits, and there's still ten that people have forgotten about that you haven't played or whatever. Yeah, chuck them in as bonuses. It's astonishing. And then, just to try and present myself as cool, um, I saw Little Sims do an after-show performance when she won the Mercury a couple of years ago. Um, I went, I went to an after party, and I was privileged to be in the room. She invited all the other nominees to this to this club, um, and it was impossible to get a drink. And I felt old. I was probably the oldest person there. And then she got up and did a few numbers, and the atmosphere. It, it's like you couldn't have put something together like that for a movie. I felt so privileged to be there. Right. And she's so she's so effortlessly cool, and she's such an amazing poet. So that was probably my other favourite. That was right. really something. There's a question I want to ask you. Because you faced a lot of crowds, yeah. And, you know, so you, you, you've had experience of entertainment, you know, and uh, what works and what doesn't. If you were at, a, let's say, a family wedding, but they didn't know you were Guy Garvey out of Elbow, but they knew you played a tune, and they said, "Give you a guitar, give us a song." What would you do if you can just? <laughs> what would you do? That's good. You mean any song, right? Dave? Anything you can do, anything. So, you could do, uh, you know, come on, Eileen. Yeah, uh, crazy you know, in I, love. <laughs> uh, my, my, the, my guitar skills are limited to elbow songs. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I can only play on my own one elbow song, which is a newborn off the first album. Um, it's kind of like I worked out what I wanted to play finger wise. I still don't know the names of my strings. And then, other than that, I've written a lot of guitar solos, which I've then learned to play. I'll write them by singing them, because I believe that the best guitar solos are the ones you can sing. Uh, and then, yes, I'll, uh, I'll learn how to play it. So I'd be absolutely screwed. <laughs> really, so you don't know the names of the strings? No. Wow. And, and all my tunings... I get all my, I do, but anyway, go on. All, all my tunings are open as well. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a real cheat. That's cheating. I was going to say that's yeah. yeah. 
So much to learn. <laughs> <laughs> so what can people look forward to, apart from what you've already told us in your your upcoming tour? Are there going to be any surprises, guests or anything like that? Anything going to be happening like that? Well, possibly. We haven't put the, the fine details in, but I've, we've done a few duets down the year. Uh, down the years. Jessica Hoop is a regular uh, appearance on our records. I've duetted with Richard Hawley on a song called The Fix uh, and with John Grant um, on a, a song called Kindling. So they often rock up, but uh, I'm not sure if who's going to turn up just yet. Um, other than that, we're sort of messing around with um, how we're going to fill these arenas. Uh, it's, it, it's a while since we've done arenas and um, filling it with people, flatteringly, isn't a problem, but it's how we reach the back. Do you mean the kind of stagecraft? Do you mean the, 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 the show itself? Yeah. Uh, what's your well, answer to that? Well, the first time we had to do it, we, we had uh, fewer big numbers than we've got now. We had a lot more subtler material, and we had to consider that. We put a lighting truss down the centre of the room, and we put speakers all the way around the room, um, and then we had... Uh, a vanity thrust, as it's called Ooh. in the rock world. Oh, that's a good <laughs> that's one. That's a I'm great like, I've never heard that. It's a is that the I'll... little lip of the stage that comes out at the front? Yes, yeah, like a, a runway. Like a little, uh, like a diving board thing, yeah. Yeah, but we, it went to a B stage in the centre of, of, of the arena. Um, and, and my vanity thrust actually went down into the crowd so that when I was halfway along it, I was only head and shoulders above them. Um, and, and that meant I could talk to them between songs and things like that. And then the band did some of the show from the B stage, and we put an enormous chandelier above the B stage. So we gave the room a centre. Um, the other thing is, I've been to shows at arenas by really big bands. I'm not going to name any names here, because this is quite an insult. Where they've not put enough rigging, they've not put enough speakers in, essentially. Um in this day and age, with the technology that, that is completely basic and that everybody uses now, there's a system called Array, where you just add the right amount of speakers for the space you're in. There's no excuse for bad sound in any shape or size of environment or room. And if you go to a show and it sounds bad, it means they've not spent enough money on speakers. They're not serving the public in the right way. So, you know, people go, oh, I went to this and that arena. And the sound is awful. You say, well, then the band were cheap. You know, <laughs> I'm sure that's true. I'm sure. I'm, yeah. I'm absolutely... Vanity thrust. I think I knew the former bass player from Vanity, Vanity thrust. thrust. That's fantastic. <laughs> Three more from them after the news. <laughs> that's so good. So, do you go into uh, prior to the going on tour? You know, do you go into a big rehearsal space to map yes. it all out? Yeah. So we, we've been rehearsing already in Manchester last this last couple of weeks. Um, and once we've got it all right, yeah, everything we're going to use in the arena, our lighting direct director, Kate Carter, who's a bit of a legend, um, yeah, we'll, we'll go and find a hangar somewhere and we'll put the show together in there. Um, it's, right. a, it's a remarkable thing. Yeah. Do you do that thing that Bruce Springsteen used to do, where, uh, it, which is it walks around the back of the arena listening to the band still playing? And he can... It, he can, he can hear what it sounds like at the back of the place. Do you do any of that? I, I do. I do go for a walk, yes. It's a, the privilege of my position is that I can go and have a listen to how it's sounding. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and actually, our, our sound engineer, Danny Evans, who's who's been with us for a couple of decades, um, and when I go out to have a listen to what's going on, he'll solo the various backing vocals of the rest of the band for my entertainment. 
<laughs> Such attention to detail. That's yeah. brilliant. So you're, you're also doing a thing with Radio 2, is that right? Yes, we're doing the piano room, which means we get to play once again with the BBC Concert Orchestra. Fantastic. We, we, we did a show with them in 2008 where we played the whole of the Seldom Seen Kid, uh, which is our biggest record. Um, and it was on the red button and the country was snowed in and it doubled our audience yes. permanently. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, so, but it was also one of the most enjoyable performances we've ever given. It was because of the way orchestras are paid, we, we, we'd had no room for error. We had to play it perfectly pretty much. Um, so it was nerve-wracking. I bet. So with an orchestra, is it right when they go to rehearse, they go, okay, bar 32, and you just start there kind of thing, rather than start at the beginning. Is that right? Well, yeah, because they, they, they do necessarily have somebody from the musicians' union yeah. telling them when to stop on the beat, you know. Yeah. Because if it's a piece of Wagner, you know, they can miss the tea break by two days. <laughs> you know? so, I, I have to say that the musicians' union are wonderful for classical music, total fucking chocolate teapot for the rest of us. <laughs> Guy, do, do, does it make, do you get nervous in those situations with a load of classical musicians? The idea that they might find out that you don't know the names of the guitar strings. I mean, <laughs> no, I, 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 lead, I lead with my inadequacies. I, I tell them straight away. <laughs> Fair enough. I refer to them constantly as proper musicians. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, Guy, it's been wonderful to talk to you. And, uh, and you're still doing the, the Six Music Show, aren't you? Yeah, every Sunday. They, they, they gave me an extra hour, flatteringly. So it's now it's now three hours long from one till four. And my wife has done some of my eye dents, including one that says in her beautiful, smoky, posh voice, Guy Garvey's finest hour. One hour too long. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm that's still great. enjoying that. Yeah, well, that's really good. It, it's a pleasure to be able to sign off in the, in the time-honored fashion. Guy Garvey, good luck with the tour. Word down your way. Testing. Two, two. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love 
and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.